Hello and welcome back to Bombcast. I'm Fergus Sweetland and you join me for the 93rd episode of Bombcast. This week we're featuring Edward Richards. Playing regularly for Melbourne Techno Collective and Bunker, it's more than likely that you've caught one of Edward's sets. Edward is deep in thought when it comes to techno music. He has a constant drive to learn more about the genre and explore his capabilities as a producer and a DJ. His sound has changed quite a lot since we first featured Edward on the 48th episode of Bombcast. Edward touches on that point in the interview we're about to listen to. After that, we'll be jumping into his mix. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Mr. Edward Richards, how are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Doing well. Not much to report on down here, uh, it must be said. Melbourne's... Um, locking in you you told me uh, just for everyone listening so you're currently in in taiwan but you're you're coming home for a brief period before heading back over yes, to Taiwan. that's right so yeah my my girlfriend's here the aim is to move here permanently uh crazy but, uh, yeah it is it is pretty crazy like it all happened in the space of a couple of months um yeah it's crazy uh but the scene the, like the, the music scene here is still kind of alive which is cool that's good um, like the clubs are still open to a degree yeah. um so yeah it's pretty crazy uh I, I do miss melbourne a fair bit though i have to say i can imagine i mean after spending a bit of time <laughs> here yeah it'd be it'd be weird sort of coming back having to lock in for two weeks and then jutting off again yeah well i'll probably stay for a couple of months just while i sort stuff out yeah. um hopefully things will calm down a little bit um but yeah mm. it's all very unknown at this stage yeah well you you'll be sort of like free to, to get out and about just like after the the lockdown periods ended so there, there'll be a bit of movement which would be nice well hopefully yeah hopefully. for your guys <laughs> sake i really hope so it yeah. doesn't seem i feel i feel kind of very guilty like i'm very reluctant to post anything on instagram a lot of the time just purely because i know like I'm, I'm still working for an Australian company, so yeah. I, 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 I know, and that is based in Melbourne. Mm. So I'm very sensitive to what's going on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, ha- like, how did Taiwan happen? It just sort of seems like a some a place that might be off the radar for a lot of Australians, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I, I, you know, I met uh, met my girlfriend about nearly a year ago. Um, already sort of semi-aware of a scene here before like i don't know if you've heard of smoke machine um they they are basically i believe they've got something to do with organic festival as well which is kind of similar sort of boutique vibe to uh what's the one in japan labyrinth in japan yeah yeah Uh, like you know very small roster of artists but very uh uh what's the word i'm looking for very um very bespoke i guess you yep. know bespoke sound system um and they have a system uh, they have a, a club here as well um called uh, what's it called it is called pawn shop like you know. <laughs> yeah 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 um and, and it's sick it's got a, an amazing sound system um the the just the vibe of the people here very different to melbourne um in what sense unfortunately anyway, uh just uh, similar sort of experience to what I had in Japan where people, you know, I love Melbourne to pieces, but there's just this mentality to, to talk a lot, you know, in a club and yeah, that's yeah. just not the case here. Everyone, and the fact that sort of everyone faces the DJ as well, like there's, 
it's very similar to my experience in Japan as well. Like it's just, a, I mean, it's not, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Different, yeah. It's, yeah, but great, great local scene. And um, some of the local resin DJs are ridiculously good. There's this guy called Disconnected. I think he actually recently did a podcast for Melbourne Deepcast. Mm. And yeah, he's incredible. Like he is just insane. Like I'd, I, I'd almost put him on a sort of denied Aussie kind of level. Oh my, okay. That's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been like connecting with the scene in in Taiwan? Uh, trying to be honest, I still because I'm going back to Australia and being really careful about how much I expose myself to uh, to so uh, to, to environments like that. Um, yeah. So we have I haven't been out really since this since I got here since the beginning. Um, mm. I went out a little bit, but yeah, I feel I don't know. I feel somewhat responsible. For, like I have a certain amount of responsibility if I'm going back to Australia to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't bring anything yeah. nasty with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, just on 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 Taiwan again, like um, when when you got there, what were you sort of starting to notice as differences, and and what sort of started like letting you fall in love with the place? Um, it's just the difference you know like the just the difference of mentality of people um like they've been like i mean a good example is they've been wearing masks here since the beginning since january pretty much yeah and just to see these uh look i don't mean you know obviously it's a music podcast so i don't really want to get too political um <laughs> but just, really just, seeing, just seeing the difference in, yeah just seeing the difference in mentality uh of of just the way people behave and and the actual uh the results of the, the, the behavior, um, you know, mm. the fact that they are able to have a semi-open environment because people listen to the government. I mean, I'm not super pro-government. I know Australia's got a lot of problems um, and, mm. and they have a lot of trust. People have a lot of trust issues with the government. Um, but I don't think that misinformation should be the alternative to uh, to listening to, to you know, health experts, essentially. Mm. And um, yeah. I don't want to get too 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 into it, but uh, <laughs> it's just it's just a completely different vibe, um, hmm. and and I really I'm really it's really opened my eyes to a lot of things. So that's yeah, awesome. It's it's great. It's um, good to have a fresh perspective yeah. on things. Definitely. Has has your time there sort of changed your music? Or Absolutely. Like, what, Absolutely. What yeah. I've, um, I've been focusing a lot more on field recording. Uh, oh, nice. So not having access to all my gear. Uh, you know, I've been working mainly in the box. Yeah. Um, Oh, what do I mean? Mainly in the box, 100% in the box. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I've been really inspired. I've just and and I don't even have you know I don't have my uh, Zoom recorder with me. I've literally just been using my mon the mono mic on my phone and, and just recording anything I can find. Um, mm. And just just been really focusing on because I don't have all the gear to worry about. Um, really focusing on my production skills yeah, more nice. so than anything else, and how I can turn. You know, a, a sample into something else, and it's yeah, it's really opened my eyes. I think I, I'm definitely someone that's suffered. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen me on Music Gear not selling stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's helped me become less materialistic about mm. gear and focus more on the production of music. So I've been I've been writing more music now than I've probably written in the last five years. But uh, yeah, I'm just sort of seeing where I go with it, and uh, hopefully I'll have. Some, something ready by the end of the year, something pretty uh, substantial. Um, awesome. But yeah, it's, it's really about getting content at the moment. Yeah. It's interesting um, 
the sort of notion of limitation. Like you've gone over Absolutely. without your gear, but in that, or being limited, you've able to sort of explore something new and, and thrive on that. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's really opened my eyes to mistakes that I've made in the past financially. <laughs> All this money into the, the record label that I've, I've quasi just started. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, I've, I've been putting it into things that never actually ended up, uh, you know, I never got anything solid out of anything that I, that I purchased other than, you know, maybe a track here and there. I don't know. It's, mm. it's a really strange feeling to, you know, to be able to be, be confident with the, the music that you make purely with software and, and found sound more mm. so than you were with, with, gear, with gear. And I find that the palette is far more extensive when you when you when you start a track based on sounds that you find as opposed mm. to a synth that has been used on a thousand records if that, yeah, make, if that makes sense. absolutely yeah it's sort of interesting that you bring this up because um i haven't i haven't gone too heavily down the um the gear path i've got one synthesizer in front of me right here but even though I have it, I'm finding myself more often than not just working with software. Um, it might be out of the box software, but it's still software. But I, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. I just sort of gel with it a little bit more, and it hasn't affected my sound quality. There's just sort of more I can do with it, and or just like getting like you're doing, sort of a sound, and then just seeing how many different ways you can manipulate it to just make different sounds. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I was really surprised. I've been sort of, I'm not going to mention who they are, but uh, I've been mentored by an artist that to me has been a massive influence. And I found out that they uh, they basically, up until maybe a year ago, they worked purely with Ableton uh, stock plugins and wow. sample field recordings. And you just, they're, they're, everyone that says Ableton, you know, Ableton is a sterile environment. Um, it's just not. It's just not. Yeah, it's it's, it's really not. how you process the sounds. Mm. Like you, you you do have to like push things a little bit harder and know where to look um, mm. and and sort of how to process things. But there's definitely there's definitely a way of getting grit out of Ableton. Oh um, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it's been a really really uh, really solid year of growth as far as me maturing about mm. uh, you know the way I spend my resources essentially how long have you been making music for this is the embarrassing part so i've been making music <laughs> since i was 18 so probably more than 10 years i played in bands a bit before that yeah um nothing nothing well, of notes but uh, i mean that just sort sorry, of proves, say- that just sort of um proves the point i wanted to make because i'm a, a similar sort of i uh, think you i've been doing it for about 10 years but when you get a mentor or, or someone to sort of just guide you through like a couple of things they've picked up, it completely changes the way you understand making music and opens so many different doors. But it's it's sort of amazing because it's like you spend so much time thinking about making music in one way. Someone comes along, um, shares their knowledge, and in an instant, it's like, oh my god, I've yeah, I've been thinking about yeah, this it's, differently. It's like a, it's it's really it's crazy. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like. I think the best resource that you can get and the best gear that you can get, I, don't, I mean, obviously you probably wouldn't call it gear, but is some is, is a professional's opinion. And, yeah, and yeah. getting a proper insight to their workflow, um, 
I definitely recommend doing this over, you know, just paying for courses and because so, I obviously I found, you know, watching YouTube videos after a while is just diminishing return. Yeah. Because the like the you know a good percentage of of uh, what's out there is, I mean, saying it's wrong is fairly. I mean, it's fairly subjective what's right and wrong. But mm. um, I feel like if you if you learn off someone that has a very good understanding of production. Um, and, and as well as the scene that you're in and how you know how to break certain rules of production specifically for the genre that we're in um, mm. yeah I just, I just feel like it's an invaluable resource and anybody that has the opportunity to do it I definitely recommend doing it like it's it's a, it's a great opportunity 100% I, I couldn't agree, agree more with that like even if it's a quick mentorship or some sort of paid course like it'll change your perspective on things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the biggest mistake I made younger was was being afraid to, you know, hit people up on, uh, you know, social media um, mm. because I was, I thought they was, you know, some godly being <laughs> and essentially, yeah, <laughs> they're just people. essentially they're, they're just as, they're people and they're just as insecure about their music as you are. Yeah. And that's, that, and finding that out was a really big move. Like it was a really, uh, it was a it was a great way to help me move forward because that's mm. definitely I'll be honest that's why I've really struggled releasing things up until now is because I just I haven't been confident where my my skill level is at and to realize that you probably won't ever get to a point where you're confident in fact the more you learn I know it's a dumb saying but the more you learn the less you know mm. so true mm. especially when it comes to music production so yeah no definitely. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm really liking your output at the moment. Um, so that's oh, definitely where you. I want <laughs> to. Um, so you you own, uh, or I should say, run uh, Cryptic Vision. Um, yeah. Which is your label, and that's you, correct. Yeah. You, you've you've said you've been working on some stuff. Um, have you got plans for that? Coming yeah, absolutely, in the future? absolutely. Um, so part of uh, part of it is I really want I really want to get a few actual vinyl releases going. Um, yeah. I have a pretty pretty solid idea on how to do that now. Uh, it is a bit of an investment, but you know, I, f I feel that in this environment at the moment, if I know as materialistic as it is, if you don't have, if if your music isn't on a solid medium, it just disappears quite quickly. I mean, yeah. unless it's unless it's very different. I mean, there are some examples of people that you know are putting out amazing digital records. Um, and that doesn't affect the quality of the music, but I think as a as a new label to be taken seriously, you really have to push uh, merchandise. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you have to create a package. You can't just you can't just uh, put out a digital track and hope that it'll do well. You have to create uh, an experience, um, mm. an experience for someone. You don't want to be just you know the next song on a playlist. Essentially, mm. that's I don't. I'm, for me, it's not about making money or you know ending up on massive playlists for me it's about creating something that uh someone can enjoy uh I, I, I don't know i've always just liked i've always liked things i know that sounds again pretty materialistic um but <laughs> oh but no, it's I, nice I, though like when you hold a piece of music especially one that you may have made or you've been involved in it's like oh my god like you've you've never held your music before but then there's an opportunity to to actually do that and it's, it is actually it's it's quite humbling i guess definitely definitely and i think it you know it's it's a really good um 
point of reference for later in your career, you know. Yeah. Because it's quite hard to pinpoint when you put out your first digital release because of how easy it is like, with services like DistroKid to get your music onto streaming platforms yeah. and Bandcamp makes things super easy. So I guess it, for me, it would be a, a milestone. Um, but I, I really do, like, I think because the visual aspect of a label is super important to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I just feel that, like, the the product it's you know you're not just selling your music you're selling the artwork of the artist mm. um you're selling the, the the mastering work from the mastering engineer mm. uh, you know it's a full package it's it's a it's a product and i know that sounds kind of maybe a little bit cold oh, no 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 that's breaking um, it down to what it is though yeah I, I i've been reluctant to release anything until i feel that you know i'm a hundred percent happy with the aesthetic and mm. i think i'm finally starting to get to, to that aesthetic that i'm i'm i can actually look at and i'm i can actually enjoy myself whereas mm. before i've just never felt good about uh, the aesthetic part of my my releases if that makes sense yeah i guess it plays on that adage of come out how you um choose to go on like you want to come out guns blazing full force this is this is cryptic vision exactly yeah, that, that's exactly how I put it. I've never, you know, I've never approached a mix half-assed. Um, I've always put a lot of time and effort into the, the structure of a mix. Um, you know, a DJ set. Um, you know, I spend weeks to months on tracks There's, that might seem quite repetitive and simple to people, but you know, I feel in the end, it's definitely worth it. Mm, absolutely, and with like what you're going to do coming out are you, are you looking to sort of introduce that into the scene in taiwan or are you sort of going to focus in in australia or what's your sort of plan for that yeah i'm a bit torn with that um i still only know a few people here uh and there there is a certain amount of resentment for foreigners that come here and then just think that they're going to make it uh yeah. you know just because they're from which there is a, there is a, quite a bit of that here and uh, i feel like the local DJs definitely resent that a little bit. So I think I think Melbourne's probably where I really. I mean, that's that's been the scene that I've been a part of for the last mm. five years. Mm. Um, that's given me all the opportunities that I have. Um, so I'd feel kind of wrong if I didn't release it to that environment first. But yeah. who knows? Yeah, I, I want I want to be. Uh, I don't really want to have it geographical location connected yeah. to my music if yeah. that makes sense yeah absolutely and your mix for Boomfcast has because you've 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 been on the, the podcast quite quite some time ago um yeah but the sound has developed quite a bit um i, I guess i just sort of want to explore that like what influences have you been getting into lately and like what's led you to do this different mix and explore something of a different sound yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, I still, I still very much think that I hold on to the the atmospheric vibe of the music, the, the music that I I like. Like that's always been what the, the the music that I like is experimental, atmospheric. Not necessarily like sometimes harder style, but generally more hypnotic style of techno mm. um and that's i guess that's definitely represented by your mix like yeah, this beautiful yeah, ambient oh, intro into yeah i really yeah I, I really groove and sounds no oh, thanks man um yeah I, I really i think i maybe for the last two years went on a bit of a tangent where my sound got a little bit harder purely because of you know what what goes on in europe 
and you mm. know the the dream of wanting to move there and, and fit in with a particular scene. Mm. But the more that I got did it, the more I felt like I was just I wasn't enjoying. I never like I never never put on a record at home and, and listened to a hard techno track like that. You mm. know, like um, and after a while, I found mixing like that quite boring. Um, and it's it's also become a bit of a hype machine in itself, the, like the heavier Ravius stuff, mm, um, which I definitely was a bandwagon. I definitely jumped on, um, but you know, I, I think a big uh, a big catalyst for me going back to this more uh, atmospheric sort of ambient experimental sound was actually revisiting my Bomb of Cars mix mm. maybe a couple of months ago, and and realizing that you know I I still really like it. I still think um, the records that I chose. I'd, I'd still play now, mm, so it's a good sign. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think uh, that that was a really that was a really important experience. But other than that, the things that have like, you said, what's you know, helped me develop and change my sound since then. I'd say to be honest, my younger friends. Um, you know, definitely I've been introduced to a lot more sort of breakbeaty kind of this UK break new breakbeaty. Yeah. Uh, post dubstep kind of sound, which I definitely like. I don't want to just switch and play that. I definitely like it, um, but I think I've taken a lot of influence from you know younger people in the scene. Nice, um, and and I've sort of meshed that in with my existing a- ambient style sound, the artists that I like. Um, but also, I've been getting into more like obviously not being able to play in clubs, um, getting more into experimental music that is. You know, better for home listening. I think has also changed my sound quite a bit. Mm, um, mm. So you know, there's a lot of artists that I uh, that I would never play in DJ sets. You know, if I played in a club, but um, I've been you know I listen to nonstop at home. Um, so I think it would be unfair not to reference those uh, for sure. those artists in in mixes essentially. Yeah, it's interesting. Um it's 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 like a, an exercise of being honest to yourself i guess where i mean i i think i'm guilty of bandwagoning at, at a couple of points oh, we all are. In, yeah everyone I mean, it happens yeah. I, I think when you're first sort of starting to explore making music you sort of the first things you find online are the most popular things and that sort of bleeds Absolutely. in but i think when you sort of knuckle down and and you are honest with yourself then you know exactly what you want to make and like what actually makes you happy um, and then that's when you make your best music. Absolutely, I think when you when you're no longer trying to fit some sort of overarching structure, um, that you have to make something a particular way or you have to do a mix a particular way, it really opens you up to finding your own sound. And I guess something I heard, and I always thought it was lame, but you know, I heard a long time ago was that you you don't you don't really know that you have a sound until someone tells you yeah and that it's only recently some people have been saying oh you know you kind of have this sound and i'm like oh okay that's that's really cool because mm. i never thought i did i always thought i was an imposter you know i was always i always <laughs> i was always copying someone else um and i, th- I guess you know it's just a, a sum of all those copies creates something else essentially I mean, you could say copy, but you could say influenced by. I mean, influence, yeah. Well, definitely early on, I definitely copied sounds, like you know, purely because the synths I used. You know, if I mm. if I saw an artist I liked playing, you know, in a video on say like Telecom or Fact or something like that, I'd 
be like, oh, I need to buy that. And I think yeah. the best thing is getting past that and letting that go and finding out what works for you. Because a lot of the time you buy that gear and it just, or plug in or whatever it is. And it's just so disappointing because yeah. you realize that you sound exactly like the other artist mm. uh, or the other song that you want. And then you realize that, well, that's not really what you wanted to achieve. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing. Yeah, it is a strange thing. But it's it's so rewarding, like pushing through that barrier and not thinking like, oh, what are others going to think about this song or or what are others going to think about this sound and rather just go on the, the idea of here's something different. Because there's going to be people out there that are going to enjoy it no matter what. Like you will find your audience, I guess, when you find your sound. Um, but, it, it, but to get there, it is almost like a, a big mental struggle you got to sort of go to battle it is, with yourself yeah. it's a massive mental struggle because mm. and it's also like yeah it re you really have to face your insecurities about mm. a lot of things mm. um and yeah i think like i i'd be guilty of being probably fairly insecure the whole time that i you know i probably never thought that i played a good gig or I've recorded a good mix or anything mm. like that <laughs> where are until... our own worst critics yeah exactly <laughs> and i think i think of what I'm re really being around a lot of other you know people from different creative um, disciplines that aren't necessarily music is like the people that are most successful uh, are definitely the people that are the most insecure about their artistic talent uh, mm. because it just it just forces I know it's probably a cliche thing to say but it just forces you to continue trying to improve yeah um, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess that's really where the real innovation comes. Whereas if you, you know, if you think you're the greatest, if you think your song selection is the best, you, you know, you're always going to stagnate. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with that. A big thanks to Ed for taking the time out of his day to record that with me. It was great to catch up with him, and I really look forward to to doing some more works with him in the future. As I record this, Edward is sitting in his hotel room in Melbourne in mandatory two-week quarantine, so I hope you're holding up all right, mate. So now let's jump into his mix, recorded exclusively for Bombcast. Bombcast. 